everybody, welcome to the Five Foots of Podcast. We're talking about being an entrepreneur and multiple ways to make money for your family. I'm your host, Chris Gordon. I'm a full-time day trader and retired engineer. So I have a company called Linwood Holdings. We're investing in real estate in Texas and in Colorado. Now, today's show is going to be about something that's been affecting me all week, and I kind of wanted to share with everybody else. And that's about stuff happens. Now, when you're doing your real estate deals, there is always going to be something that pops up. Nothing's really goes smoothly as you'd always think it will. And this week for me has been that type of example. I mean, I'm sitting back, I'm dealing with a particular purchase of three homes in Texas, and it's been crazy. It's really been crazy. The finish line is next week. We'll see if I make it there. If not, we'll push it forward. But in the end, if we don't, we don't. But I'm going to tell you what's been going on with that one. So this is three particular homes I'm buying from a landlord that knows my family. We kind of have a family relationship going from there. But um, the three kind of older homes, uh, two of them are directly in my neighborhood that I grew up in. The other one is like a couple blocks away down the street. Now, um, first off, I was trying to get all the inspections done on these homes. So coordinating with those residents has been a hassle, trying to get their phone numbers and everything else. Even though the seller gave me their number, sometimes they didn't always work. So um, the first client, the first tenant, she answered the phone. Well, actually, she answered the voicemail I sent her. She called me back, got everything scheduled with her. The second tenant never answered her phone, ever at all. So then um, the seller told me just to go ahead and just schedule the inspection. Of course, we scheduled it. Inspector shows up. Lady's like, oh, my God, it's too early in the morning. I'm not ready, blah, blah, blah. I come back late on this afternoon. My inspector was flexible, so he went back that afternoon. That was great. Um, that house was horrible. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, you couldn't be insured. That's how bad it was off. So, and people living in it. So no repairs have been done. Needs a complete roof, electrical work. I mean, you have, it has two electrical boxes in the back that have been kind of jimmy wired together. Flooring is bad. It just, that house is, is rough. Now, you had a third house where I couldn't get in contact with the tenants at all. The number he gave me was just straight ringing, ringing, no voice or anything like that. He said that they uh, they both worked uh, two jobs each. So finally, I got fed up, and I just went ahead and mailed them a letter. As soon as the letter got there, um, they said back, they called me immediately. I was like, oh, my God, we didn't know he was selling a home, even though he had said that he had told them. They said they didn't know. They come in, they, they come in to start ragging on him and saying he's a bad landlord, he doesn't fix up properties, whatever's going on. Either way I go, they agree to the inspection. My inspector gets in there. He checks the property out. So that one pretty much get like a B minus grade, C plus grade. On the first property, that, that one probably gets about the same little grade on there. But this uh, the second property, though, that one, that's a no-go. So, of course, looking at that, I had to sit back and say, okay, based on this inspection report and based on the fact that I can't even insure this third home, I can't do that particular one. Now, all three of these homes, he agreed to a purchase price of 88000 for all three of them together, which is a pretty sweet deal considering the ARV was about 225000 on all three of them together. So the home that was pretty bad off is still a decent deal. You just have to know what it is. So, I mean, you could purchase that purchase price, and that was going to be twenty grand, and rehab work is going to be about another twenty. So understanding that, you say, okay, I'm going to need forty grand to get this home right. And understanding your carrying costs because you won't have a tenant in there as you have the, the rehab going on. So that's not a bad deal, but this particular setup that I'm trying to do, the lender I was using was not comfortable doing that. You know what I mean? So in the end, we came together said, okay, we'll buy the other two homes uh, for 60. So I told the seller, he said, well, actually, let's do 68 for these two and go from there. I said, okay, great. So 68, I said, I need 10 each for um, repairs on both of those homes. That'll make it 88 total, right? So that'll get both of the homes in decent shape where I can repair um, they're brick homes, so they need some mortar work on the outside. Then I want to repaint them all together. 
um, make sure the windows are good, and then um, landscape and little stuff like that. And then once the tenants are out, I'll do new flooring, uh, make sure the drywall's all smooth, painting, all the good stuff. You know, make sure it's decent, make sure it's livable, make sure the bathroom is correct the way it should be, and going from there. But no real major repairs. Both inspection reports came back pretty much clean. Only thing they had was both of them had, um, like, it needed some grounding on one of the electrical poles leading from the roof. Little stuff like that, but I mean, nothing really serious. So those are the two situations I had going on from there. Working out great, but then the private lender I'm working with, she's kind of new to lending. So, you know, in the, in, in the essence of everything, I don't think she's really trying to be a private lender. She's leaning more towards being a hard money lender. But so many times people get confused of that term of private lender versus hard money lender. A private lender is someone who is has some wealth behind them. They're a doctor. They've been investing. they got some money put up. But then they don't have the time to do real estate. And the way you work with them is you say, you know what? I need an investor for these properties I'm working on. A full investor, someone that comes in, they pay the purchase price and repairs. And you still make sure that their purchase price plus repairs is beneath the 70% ARV threshold. That way, if for some reason you quit making payments to them, they could foreclose in that home and get their investment back. And that's the situation when to go from there. The way these deals normally work is you would sit back, send the property to them, tell them your analysis of the property, send them the documentation, tell them how much you would need. As long as it meets their qualifications, then they would do a promissory note for the amount that you needed and then also go on, on, go on, uh, on the deed as the first position lien holder. That means that if anything defaults, they're going to be the first ones that, that, that get paid off when you sell off the home going from there because they're the first lien holder on that particular deal. So this particular lender, um, she was not going that route. She was going more of the hard money route. So that means she was giving me applications and all this other paperwork to deal with. And I was like, listen, that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm not going to pay you 10 12% and still have to go through the same um, the same effort that I have to go through with the rest of these lenders. If I'm going to go hard money lender, I'm going to go ahead and pay 6%, 7%, if that much, and go to saying, Rob, I'm not going to pay private lender money for the hassle of a hard money lender. You understand? So that's the issue you got going on from there. And sometimes you just, you know, even though it may seem like you're walking away from a deal, if the deal is, isn't based on what you're trying to operate and where you want to run your company, don't do it. It doesn't matter if you're going to get some properties, if you're going to get what you need to get from there, it's not going to work out. And then the other aspect was that when we first started talking, she was fully fully on board with, with doing the purchase price and repairs. But I guess she talked to her mentor about the situation. He's like, no, you don't pay for repairs. Well, a private lender does. Sometimes hard money lenders don't. It just depends going from there. But if you got a true private lender, they sit back and say, okay, how much do you need? And you're looking at the total amount and make sure that total amount is, is a good deal. And that's how you go on from there. But in the end, I needed someone who is a full lender who can cover the purchase price and repairs and make sure the deal is under 70%. This one is currently, I think, a 55% deal. So, I mean, it's a shining star of a deal. But in the end, I'm not going to kind of put myself in a jam when I really don't have to. I'm not going to sit back and do this full application like I'm going to a bank, but I'm going to pay three times the rate that I will get when I go to a bank. And that's not how you feel that you do things. So, you know, in the end, you sit back. So I'm sending the deal out to the rest of my investors, and I got a couple people who want to look at it and go from there. So it'll work out. And in the end, if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, I mean, all you can do is present the offer the way it is, make sure the terms are correct, and go from there. But you do have to hold on to the way you want to do business. It's when you deviate from that, things aren't going to work out in the long run for you. And that's the key. 
Don't sit back and be that kid who's just so happy to get a pair of shoes that he'll take a size 7 pair of shoes when he really wears a size 9. You sit back and make sure what you get is really what you need instead of just signing up for something just because someone's going to give it to you. It may not be the terms you want, and in the end you end up paying for that. So that's what my mindset has been this week is dealing with those deals going from there. Uh, one of my buddies is dealing with the same type of thing. He has a um, kind of the same system I'm doing but up in Minneapolis. He um, has one house on the contract, but then the seller has 23 more that she's trying to sell. She gave him a, she gave him a price that she wanted. He told her, great, getting the contract worked out. But in the end, she didn't sign it, kind of backing up from a little bit. So he's kind of depressed on that little bit as well. So it's been a tough week, but I was telling him, he said, you know what? You already have the one house on the contract with her. I said, you buy that house, and you make sure that deal goes off without a hitch. And you sit back and build that rapport, and she's going to eventually understand that you're about business and you're doing things the right way, and those other houses will come from there. So, so many times as an investor, you'll sit back and you'll go through a bad day. So it's always good to have other investors around you because if they're going through a good day, they can bring you up, and you can do vice versa. So, you know, sometimes with this real estate stuff, it's always something going on and some kind of hassle around you. So a lot of times it's stay focused, do what you have to do, and realize that another deal is coming. This deal, it may seem perfect. You may make a bunch of money on it. It may be exactly what you want for your family. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Just stay in touch with the seller, go from there, and move on to the next one because you know there are millions of homes in the United States. There's always going to be another deal around. So don't get too hung up on that. That's what I tell myself every day. you know. So I sit back and try to stay focused. And if it works out, it works out because in the end, I'm going to continue playing this game because I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not in it for just six months. I'm trying to do this for the next 10, 20 years to build wealth in my family so they can carry that on and go from there. You know, So that's my main message, guys, is that you know stuff is going to happen during your deals, but stay focused, stay true to your numbers because in the end, if you stay true to those numbers, it's going to always work out for you in the end. But this is the Five Puzzle Podcast. I want to give you guys a real quick message about that. If you really like what you were saying, do three things for me. I want you to like, follow, and share. And if you are interested in doing business with me or doing a particular deal in Texas or Colorado, wherever I'm at, Please hit me up on priest.gordon on Instagram, or you can hit me at priest at linwoodsholdings.com. That's priest at linwoodholdings.com if you're interested in doing some business with real estate. Thanks so much. Take care.